48 on the Crosstalk News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM, and online at com. <clears throat> Did I mention 748? Our guest on the Crosstalk, I know, he's everywhere, he's everywhere. It seems like deja vu all over again, Representative Steve Doyle. Hey, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Good morning again, Mike. Have you had a chance to, I'm just curious, look out your window. Are you getting any of the uh, wintry mix that is being reported? Still dry. I'm sitting in my office in oh. um, in the Capitol right now, looking out, and uh, the skies are mostly clear. Are they? Well, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> All Sorry. Right. Let's move on to something that's a little cloudier, cloudier and uh, darker. The governor's homework assignment. I know that uh, Democrats will be working on this list. We talked an awful lot about uh, of the variety of things that uh, that he has proposed. One of them. Uh, before I move to the two, uh, the last two things on his list. Uh, that we didn't discuss uh, was uh, the uh, comprehensive bipartisan legislation to help deal with uh, 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 people who have uh, mental uh, issues of some kind. Uh, we have a couple of listeners who are uh, who who work f- uh, in that uh, in that area uh, for a living. In fact, uh, uh, deeply, and both said. We don't need more laws, more rules. What we need is more efficient ways to run what we currently have uh, in place now. It would be interesting maybe if the governor impanels a group of politicians that he might also uh, consider including some people who work in uh, in healthcare and, and uh, uh, working with uh, people that have mental issues uh, so that uh, he can find out uh, what would actually be helpful? More laws, more more bureaucracy doesn't seem to be the answer. Well, I, I agree 100 percent with that. And when you talk about paneling politicians, I thought you were going to say imprisoning the politicians, which has been <laughs> uh, attraction too. Um, but no, I mean the, the experts, the people that are you know in the field on the ground, um, they know what the headaches are. I mean the the red tape and bureaucracy. Um, in healthcare in general, not just mental health care, um, is overwhelming. Uh, some of it is at the federal level, but some of it, quite honestly, is at the state level. Um, and, you know, we can do something about that if we put our mind to it. I, I do appreciate the fact that um, in the last session, not this one, but in the previous session, Republicans um, had uh, a program where they went through, together we all went through the statute, um, to figure out which things can go, which things do we not need anymore, uh, that are simply obsolete or red tape, sure. or whatever, duplicated, um, outdated, whatever. Keep doing that. Well, that's so okay. So we're eliminating some useless steps in the process of mental health services for kids. Uh, uh, but it doesn't sound like uh, yet he or that uh, you guys, the legislature, is working very hard at improving what's left. You know, I'd like to see more signs that we are. Um, it's, it's certainly an issue that <clears throat> that I'm interested in. Um, I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, a, a Blue Ribbon Commission or something similar to that where we don't just have elected officials, but we have the people in the field. Right. Um, every summer during election year, we have what are called Legislative Council Study Committees, and this would be a perfect one for that because they are the ones that really drill down and, and, and dig deep into the issue and, and some of the, you know, obscure parts of, of a particular issue. This would be a great one to take the summer and fall to, to, you know, have everybody at the table and look at what can be done, bring it back um, after the election, 
um, next January and, and get something accomplished. So, you know, when you do that, you tend to pull the politics out. We have some bills on the calendar today that are legislative uh, council bills. They're going to zip through on a unanimous vote. You know, that's the kind of thing that you can accomplish when you pull the politics out. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's, it's always amazing to me that a group of politicians can get together and make decisions uh, for an industry that they have no uh, particular expertise in at all. They are simply in authority and can rewrite laws. Man, oh man, I don't get that. All right, uh, I'm, I'm curious, what about uh, the reimbursement of local municipalities for special elections? I'm not sure I'm in favor of that. Uh, if you have to have a special election, you you pay for it. Well, what they're referring to are the special elections as a result of, uh, for example, the Senate Majority Leader Fitzgerald running for Congress. Um, so that is not something that the local government caused. It's like, hey, you know, um, somebody left their job, in this case, Sean Duffy, um, opened up a, a seat, and now we have to pay for the special election. It's that kind of thing. If there are special elections, like say a school district wants to have a referendum on a building project, it's a different story. But in these cases, um, none of them, by the way, are, are in the lacrosse area. They're all over on the other side of the state. But sure. you know, what we're, we're looking at is something that the, the local governments don't have in their budget. And, you know, with the levy limits in, in place these days, it's really difficult to you know, rob from Peter to pay Paul because Peter doesn't have any money either. Well, and it's, it, it is, what about the appointment of, uh, of a fill-in? When, when a mayor retires uh, quickly for, uh, for cause, the, the, there isn't a special election to uh, elect a new mayor. There is an appointment until the next election. When uh, Sean Duffy retires, there isn't a new election. There is an appointment until the scheduled election comes up on the calendar. Is that inappropriate or uh, uncalled for? I think it makes sense, although we're talking two sets of laws. So with the mayor, it's a local ordinance that says, here's how we're going to do it. Um, with a, a congressman, it, it's uh, you know either federal or perhaps state law. I'm, I'm not sure with regard to those. Um, right now, the governor does not have the ability to make an appointment to the next election. Um, so I, I, that's something I'd have to check into to see uh, what the options are. All right. Uh, one of the issues that, that bothers me on a number of levels is... Uh, the governor's thoughts on capping the cost of insulin co-pays. Uh, what about competition? You know, when, when the government gets involved in how much you can charge, that's a, a that's a runaway horse. Well, it can be, but remember that uh, you know we've had some incidents over the last couple of years where um, various drugs that have been you know literally life or death types of drugs, and the manufacturer just jacked up the the price uh, in, you know, to obscene levels, uh, the outcry and threat of government action, and those those prices came back down. Um, I think this is the same thing. This is a life or death drug, and what we're saying is, you know, you can make a profit, uh, but but you shouldn't be gouging people. I, I understand, you know, competition, private market, and, and so forth. Uh, but when you look at um, drug companies, there's with the way that the patent laws work, it's very difficult to say that there's, uh, at least in the early years of a particular drug, that there's much competition there. Um, it's really a, a, a one 
entity dominating the entire field. Now, I, you know, insulin, uh, I happen to know a couple of diabetics uh, personally, and I asked, is insulin made by only one company? Absolutely not. So there's your competition. As soon as somebody is gouging customers, the other guy can step in and say, he's charging you 500 bucks. I'm going to charge you 75 bucks. And instantly, he is uh, the ruler of the insulin business because he is giving that product to customers at a price everybody can afford. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, insulin's been around for a long time, including the the man-made insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's not the the perfect example of what I was talking about. One of the problems that we have is the the lack of transparency when when people are going to. Uh, you know, a, a hospital for a procedure or the pharmacy for a particular drug. Um, sometimes there is a generic version available that you can get and save a lot of money. Uh, sometimes there is not, but maybe there are different manufacturers uh, of them. And, and you know, I don't know if I went in and, I, you know, I don't, I'm not on insulin. Uh, I don't know what would happen if I went in and asked for, you know, brand X versus brand Y. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that, that is an option. Well, in in many cases, the prescription has to be written that way. But if uh, the patient says, hey, doc, when you're writing a prescription, be sure you include or the generic uh, so that it isn't cost prohibitive, because we'd hate to have those who need insulin not affording it uh, because it's uh, it is cost prohibitive. Uh, I get that. There's and then, of course, with the president trying to open the door because uh, the insulin in Canada is fifty dollars. The insulin in America is five hundred dollars. That's outrageous. It's the same insulin, same company, different prices because they can get away with it in America. Uh, that's that shouldn't be that way and i know that's a federal issue but uh, you know but still all right let's no, bring I it agree with you. when we are good hey how about that you and i on the same page uh bring it back home while we're talking about medical uh, uh issues medical marijuana is it time for wisconsin to move forward and and approve medical marijuana or are we still going to debate this for a long long time well, I think it's going to continue to be debated um, uh, in the assembly. Uh, I know that the assembly speaker uh, has come around to, to being open to the idea of medical marijuana um, in the Senate. Uh, it's not just the leader of the Senate. Apparently, the, the, um, many of the Republicans in the Senate um, have simply said, "You know, we're not interested. We're opposed." Uh, so the assembly has uh, uh, pretty much taken the position of, well. It's not going to pass in the Senate. We're not going to go through that debate over here. Why bother? So the sure. bill just hasn't moved. All right. So as a medical marijuana in Wisconsin is still going to be uh, a conversation for the future, not tomorrow. <laughs> I, I think that's accurate. Maybe next session. <sighs> I, I know. Wish... If I had a magic wand, we wouldn't be doing this stuff. Well, I just don't understand sometimes. How uh, how politicians in Wisconsin can see what's going on across the country and say, nope, that's not for us. We're Wisconsin. We we solve all our problems with cheese. Well, you know, I, I support the idea of medical marijuana because I know people who have had to use it, and, and it was the only thing that, that made any difference for them. But I can also respect, you know, I have talked to some people that I think very highly of who listed their reasons why they're opposed to it, you know, abuse and, and uh, you know, just too uh, loose rules and, and so forth. You know, I, I, I think that it's worth having a debate. How can we make sure that we don't have the abuse? You know? yeah. But I, I really hope that we can get the opponents to the point of saying, okay, 
yes, but you know we can we can legalize it, but we need to have these protections. In right, place. And, and all of those patients can go to Illinois or Michigan or Minnesota. They can go anywhere and spend their money there instead of right here in Wisconsin. 